This is HR in Review, a podcast dedicated to HR thought leadership, actionable advice, and all the latest developments in human resource management. Welcome to this episode of the HR in Review podcast. And in this episode, we're going to focus on the labour market and trying to predict what the UK and EU economies can expect in the year ahead. Hello, this is your guest host today, Bill Bannum, and joining me on this episode is Julius Probst, PhD, European Labour Economist over at Abcast. Hey, Julius, welcome to the show today. Hi, Bill. Very glad to be here. Thanks for having me. So beyond the short introduction there, why don't you take a minute or two and tell our listeners all about yourself. I'm the European labor economist sitting here for EPCAS, sitting here in London. Um, EPCAS is the global leader in programmatic recruiting and is part of, of the Stepstone Group. I'm part of EPCAS for a little bit more than half a year now, so still relatively fresh. Uh, and before I joined Appcast, um, I was working in a slightly different industry. I was working for a macroeconomic and financial data provider for a few years. And before that, I was studying and doing my master in economics and my PhD in, in economic history at Lund University in Sweden. This edition of HR in Review is a special guest episode brought to you in partnership with our friends at the North American-based HR Chat podcast, a podcast focused on interviews with HR, talent and tech experts. Okay, thank you very much. Julius, how is the UK economy doing right now? Um, there's a lot of doom and gloom in the news. So, you know, you're a good man to ask. Um, there, there were a lot of recession calls last year in the beginning of this year, of course. Uh, why haven't they happened yet? Perhaps you can share that too. Yeah, so, um, so here the good news is that the UK economy is currently not in a recession. And you're totally right. At the end of last year, quite a lot of forecasters, quite a lot of economists were predicting a UK recession for this year. Um, the Bank of England was actually quite pessimistic and was expecting a relatively severe downturn. And this has not happened yet. And so that's the good news. Um, the bad news is that the UK economy is regardless not performing that well, as, as everybody knows. So over the last few quarters, uh, growth was very, very slow, very close to zero. And at the moment right now, the UK economy is barely where it was at the end of 2019, just before the pandemic. So literally over the last um, two and a half, more than two and a half years now, there has been almost zero growth in the UK economy. So no recession, but basically stagnation. Why were those recession calls last year wrong? Um, mainly for two reasons. Um, basically, until right now, the housing market coped better than expected with those interest rate hikes that we've been seeing. So the Bank of England hiked interest rates all the way above 5% um, from, from basically zero one, one and a half years ago. And the housing market didn't suffer too much yet. And during the pandemic, a big part of the economy was shut down, part of the service sector was shut down. And during that time, people saved quite a bit of money and that these savings are now reaching the economy. People have started to consume more, they are buying more stuff. And this consumption based on this excess savings is called, so this, this 
more than savings than usual, this is maintaining consumption at the moment and helped support the economy in 2023. What's happening to, to vacancies, to job vacancies at the moment, Julius? And uh, maybe as part of that, you can also suggest why is the unemployment rate so low, even though there is pretty much zero growth? Yeah, so... so Let's go back one year ago. Um, last year in 2022, the UK labor market was extremely tight and we actually saw a record amount of job vacancies in the UK, um, about 1.3 million. Um, and at the time, there were more vacancies in the UK labor market than actual total uh, number of unemployed. So for each unemployed person, there was a little bit more than one vacancy in the UK labor market. And so last year, the labor market was extremely tight. Recruiters had extreme difficulty to fill positions. Um, it was a relatively hot labor market. Um, that has normalized now a little bit. So, so vacancies over the last six to eight months have fallen by uh, more than 300,000. They've come down from 1.3 million to a little over 1 million right now. That is still above pre-pandemic levels, um, but it is a significant slowdown already. And my expectation is that this will continue to, these vacancy numbers will continue to decline more because the economy is is relatively uh, is slowing and and demand for for labor is is going down. Why is the unemployment rate so low if we had so little growth? And that is something we have been seeing in other countries as well. Um, it happened first to Japan um, uh, more than a decade ago already. It's happening to Germany right now. Um, it's countries, advanced economies, and Japan and Germany are, are to some extent the most effect, affected by this, are having very adverse demographic developments. So the, the population growth has slowed down significantly, and the working population in countries like Japan and, and Germany is already shrinking. And that means, of course, that your entire, the growth rate for the economy as a whole can be quite low and with a shrinking labor force, unemployment rates will will remain low even if you have zero growth um, simply because there is kind of like a general labor shortage. And that to some extent that will be and is happening to the in the UK economy as well. If you enjoy the HR and Review podcast, please consider giving us a five-star rating in iTunes or in your podcast app of choice. This helps others find us and grow our community of HR and related professionals. Just a follow-up question on the falling number of job vacancies in the UK, Julius. Um, I wonder how many of those jobs have been, been replaced by AI? Do, do you have any do you have any stats around that? Is it is it a case that some of these vacancies are no longer there because the robots have taken over? Yes, that's everybody is talking about AI right now. There is a big high uh, about AI at the moment. Um, I would say it could be the case for some jobs, but it will not be the case for most of the jobs. And right now the vacancies are really falling because demand for, for workers is falling and the economy is really not doing that well. Generally, when you look at technologies in the past, over the last 100 years, it will take quite a lot of time for technologies to significantly affect 
the labor, the, the economy and the labor market. Uh, and that AI will not be an exception. So, so we are seeing um, in uh, big tech hubs, in, in, in large cities with a big tech sector, so that could be London, it could be Toronto, could be US cities like San Francisco, New York, et cetera. We are seeing more job postings for workers um, with where AI skills are required. Um, but at the moment, I don't think you need to worry about a lot of workers being replaced by AI. That that will take um, a longer period of time uh, for for it to happen, uh, and it, it won't happen in just a few weeks or a few months. And generally, I would say unemployment rates have been declining for many years now in in countries like Germany and the U.S. So this this fear of technological unemployment is a little bit overstated and um, people really shouldn't worry that much. So at the moment, we are seeing that there are rather missing workers. And if AI and productivity gains are happening, then technology can help help that problem uh, of, 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 of missing workers in a hot labor market. Um, but I don't think uh, too many people will be replaced by that technology in the short run. Why not subscribe to the premium version of HR in Review? You'll get ad-free content, early and extra episodes and more. Even better, although it's the premium edition, it's absolutely free. Sign up at hrreview.co.uk slash podcast. Unlike the falling populations of Japan and Germany, of course, the, the UK population will actually continue to rise. It will rise from, it was around uh, 67 million in 2020 to it's projected to get to about 74 million by 2060. Um, so it's it's different to those countries like Japan, Germany, Italy being another example, South Korea being another one. Um, how has is, how is Brexit, I wonder, affected the labour markets and the economy? It is the record net migration the UK had last year compensating for missing workers. Where are those workers coming from now if it's not from the EU? Tell us more. Yeah, that's a very good question. So it is true that last year the UK saw uh, a record inflow of of people coming to the UK, um, around 660,000. So that that was a record. Um, Keep in mind, though, that during the first two years of the pandemic, 2020, uh, 2021, uh, migration was actually significantly depressed, right? So some of this was just like catching up to the to the two years before. Um, and also um, keep in mind that with, with Brexit, uh, the composition of workers, the composition of people who are arriving in the UK has completely changed. So before the Brexit referendum, um, obviously the UK had a positive inflow of uh, people coming from the EU, since 2019, um, the net inflow uh, from the EU is negative. So there are more people from the EU leaving the UK than, than coming to the UK. And so the UK replaced all of these people uh, with, with, with immigrants coming from non-EU countries, right? So there would be Asia, Africa, etc., um, And so the composition of people and the composition of workers has changed. Because the persons who are arriving right now, uh, a lot of them are students. Um, a lot of them are skilled workers. They're on skilled worker visas. They might be working in, in tech 
or in finance or or maybe doctors or whatever you have. Um, but obviously, these skilled workers, they are not a replacement for um, people who previously were coming from Eastern Europe, Poland, Eastern Europe, who are doing manual work, truck drivers, um, people working in agriculture, peeping, people working in the food and hospitality sector, people working in trucking. And these are the workers that are missing right now in these sectors and these kind of more um, blue-collar occupations, right? And because of the missing workers in those sectors, actually, also that has affected the inflation rate uh, and is driving up wages and prices um, in those key service sectors because... Yeah, workers are missing in that sector right now because of Brexit. If you have any comments on the HR and Review podcast, would like to suggest a topic or speaker, or provide other feedback, you can contact us using the email podcast at hrreview.co.uk. We look forward to hearing from you. Okay, so the, the UK has been called the, the sick man of Europe. Not a great title to, to have. What, what are the key structural problems that are holding back the UK economy at the moment? Yeah, so I would say uh, the biggest problem by far is um, the housing market. And there's a lot of data about this, that um, house prices uh, compared to incomes are just extremely elevated in the UK, um, far more elevated if you look at prices to income ratios, far more elevated than in other advanced economies. Um, obviously, London is playing a big role in that. Uh, bigger London metropolitan area is now 14 million people, and uh, and uh, house prices in London are, are pretty insane compared to the salaries. Uh, unfortunately, rent prices have also been driven up and and are uh, outpacing wage uh, growth uh, uh, actually for the most part. And the fundamental reason for this is that the UK has actually not built enough housing over the last two or three decades. Um, and that is a big, very big structural problem. And it hasn't built enough housing in the in the big cities. That could be London. Uh, it could be Birmingham, Manchester, etc. Um, where kind of like, I don't want to say good jobs, but higher paying jobs are. But in the end, if you if somebody from 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 uh, if somebody moves to London and and that would lead to for his wage to to increase by twenty percent, moves from like a small city or the countryside to London, he sees significant wage growth. But then his rent, uh, the rent he has to pay, is thirty or forty percent higher. Then in the end, this calculation of moving to to London or one of the other cities doesn't doesn't work anymore. And so this is a big structural problem that is affecting the entire economy and it is also affecting the labor market and it is preventing people from moving to where the higher paying jobs are. Okay, so what's the what's the outlook for the rest of the year and uh, as, as far into 2024 as you, you're willing to go then? And uh, as part of that, is the Bank of England risking a recession yeah, that's a good question. So the outlook for the next one or two years is, is mediocre. Um, so so forecasters are foreseeing that the UK economy will continue to to stagnate and have relatively low growth rates for for in this year and also next year. 
the the one risk um, that that the UK economy is facing, and it is somewhat substantial, is that in either inflation or wage growth or or potentially both will remain relatively high. Uh, wage growth that wage growth will remain el- too elevated and inflation will remain uh, sticky and too high um, compared to the Bank of England's two percent inflation target, right? So we are still at the moment at about eight percent inflation. Nominal wage wages are growing at seven percent. Both of these numbers are far too high for the Bank of England, and they will hike interest rates more uh, if they don't see those numbers uh, coming down very soon. And they will also risk a recession eventually because they need to to get back to their 2% inflation target eventually. And so if you have very, very high interest rates, that will obviously depress the economy and it might also um, lead to a larger correction in the housing market, which would also have negative effects for the economy. And can you just briefly put that into context? Where does the UK compare to the other G7 countries? Yeah, so so compared to other economies, um, the UK has seen uh, almost, as I said, almost zero growth uh, since the end of 2019. Um, the only other country that is doing as poorly right now are the big economies, Germany. They are also facing various headwinds. Industrial production is stagnating. Um, They're missing skilled workers. Um, other countries have been doing much better. So So Canada and the U.S., have been growing uh, by more than than 4%, uh, the U.S. even more over the last couple of years um, uh, since the end of 2019. And going forward at the moment, the forecast for the U.K. for like this year and next year is, is maybe around half a percent of real GDP growth, whereas I could easily see the U.S. doing or running at twice as, twice, twice as much. Yeah. Okay, thank you. The next couple of questions I want to ask you are questions that we ask of all of our guests. Okay, and we include them within the interviews. But we also then do clever things with them and create clip shows and montages and all sorts. Uh, so the first of those two questions is, if you could pass on one crucial lesson that you've learned in your career, Julius, in one minute or less, what would be your top tip for HR pros and leaders? Go. So obviously I'm a little bit biased, but the last two years macroeconomic news dominated and influenced also every single sector. So so most sectors who have not been immune from like these broader economic trends. And so the one recommendation I would have, uh, and that doesn't by any means mean that you have become to have to become an economic expert. But I would recommend following some people who inform the broader public about just about what's going on in the economy and economic news um, and avoid those who only speak in jargon. Um, Follow somebody who's kind of like explaining what's going on in like simple and clear terms. Okay, very good. Thank you. And what's the single biggest change you think will happen in HR and leadership over the next five to 10 years? Yeah, as I said, the the hype about AI at the moment is is very big. And I think in the short run, this technology might not um, uh, provide as uh, as much as some people claim. But in the long run, I think artificial intelligence is definitely a technology that will affect uh, probably the economy as a whole, 
um, affect uh, will affect potentially quite a lot of workers um, and also people in HR. Uh, and so uh, people in HR will just have to familiarize themselves with, with AI as a technology as well. Um, and just like thinking about that from kind of like a job seeker perspective and from a recruiter perspective. I mean, I was on that side a year ago and I was looking for a couple of jobs. And if you think about, for example, um, cover letters, that is something that uh, that ChatGPT can write now within two minutes, ChatGPT can write a cover letter for somebody. So the marginal cost of writing a cover letter has come down significantly. And so maybe um, recruiters want to think about, is it really necessary for, for this job that there will be 20, 30 people who will apply for a job and they, everybody is still writing a cover letter? Does that make sense? Very good. We are coming towards the end of this chat. A couple more things to highlight. Uh, first is uh, Julius is going to be a speaker at the upcoming Disrupt HR Cambridge event. That's happening on October 24th, Tuesday, October 24th at the PwC office, kind of near uh, Cambridge North Station. So if you're in, in that area, please do uh, check it out, get your ticket through Eventbrite or register through LinkedIn and uh, and join us for that it should be good fun there'll be lots of speakers all talking for five minutes each 20 slides 15 seconds per slide pretty rapid fire stuff so julius i'm looking forward to meeting you in person there um how can folks learn more about you and, and connect with you yeah um well first of all thanks bill for having me today this was fun um, so people can follow me on LinkedIn. I'm posting a lot of charts about the economy and, and the labor market there. And definitely check out recruitonomics.com, uh, which is our blog where I write a lot about the UK and also uh, European labor markets in general. Very good. Well, that just leaves me to say for today, Julius, thank you very much for being my guest. The HR and Review podcast is brought to you by hrreview.co.uk. HRReview.co.uk is a website dedicated to human resources and related professionals. News items are posted daily together with analysis looking in-depth at topical HR issues. You can sign up for our range of specialist newsletters at hrreview.co.uk slash sign up and follow us on Twitter at HRReview or join us on LinkedIn and Facebook. Thank you for listening.